You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Lord, please help me. He hears those prayers, and He answers those prayers. And I come to Him, His throne of grace. This is what I love about grace and mercy. So grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Would you agree that we need them both? (laughs) I, I need God's grace. I need God's mercy. Our God is compassionate and wise. He understands what you need much better than you can. As Pastor J.D. points out in today's message, you deserve death and pain for your rebellion against God, but because in His mercy, He spares you from it. He goes even further in His grace, offering you salvation and an intimate relationship with Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 120, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Psalm 120, a song of ascents. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Verse 1. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord, and He heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. That's... (laughs) quite the imagery. Woe is me that I dwell in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. My soul, verse 6, has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Wow. Well, Psalm 120 begins the first in a series of 15 psalms that are known as the Songs of Ascents. And the reason for that is because they were sung as they made their ascent up to Jerusalem. You'll never see anywhere in the pages of Scripture where a reference is made to Jerusalem as you go down to Jerusalem. And for those of you who have been to Israel with us, you know that the geography, the topography is such that you're always going up to Jerusalem because it's up in the hills and it's that which you ascend to. It's interesting because there are 15 of these songs of ascents and One has suggested that the reason there are 15 of them is because there were 15 steps between the courtyards. So this means that, and this is even more interesting, that Jesus himself would have likely sung these very songs that we're going to be studying tonight 
on his many journeys up to Jerusalem, starting with Psalm 120. Interesting, the psalmist is really crying out to the Lord and saying to the Lord, Lord, I, I'm so tired of living in the world and hearing the talk of the world. Their lips are full of lies and falsehoods. And he's, he's even asking God to, you know, sort of scorch their lying tongues with these burning coals. I guess it would have its uh, similarities to when, uh, you know, you were a kid and you uh, said a bad word and we did this to our kids. I think they're still scarred for life. We washed their mouth out with soap. And we didn't just, you know, it wasn't this liquid soap, this mamsy pamsy liquid soap. No, we took the, the real deal stuff, you know, the ivory, right? And we just, we shaved off the soap on their teeth and made sure that and it stayed in there. Is that bad? Why are you looking at me like we're cruel parents? I know. It actually worked. It was not just a literal, you need to clean your dirty mouth. You don't say those kind of words. So anyway, okay, enough of my problems and my, my parenting, but that's really what the psalmist is saying. You know, you need to have your mouth not just cleaned out with soap. You need to have it purified with burning coals. And it's kind of like, you know, I know I'm in the world, but not of the world. But that doesn't mean that I'm not sick of the world. You know how it is when you've been out in the world all week and you're listening to the foul mouth, the cursing. I mean, I... There's nothing worse than when somebody takes the name of Jesus Christ in vain. By the way, I, I know I've shared this before. I guess maybe now's as good of a time as any to uh, share it again in the context of Psalm 120. But, you know, I found something that I think really is effective whenever you're around somebody and they take the name of Jesus in vain. So what I do now, I used to be really militant about it, not so much anymore. I just don't have the energy as you get, as you get older. It's just, you know, so I just ask them very nicely, you know, kindly. You know, I'm just kind of curious uh, why it is that you only take the name of Jesus in vain, that you say the name of my Jesus, my Savior, my Lord, I mean, let, come on, let's be equal opportunity blasphemers, okay? Uh, why don't you just, hey, let's, you know, let's spread the wealth, so to speak. Why don't you say Buddha? Or I dare you, why don't you say, oh, Muhammad? <laughs> yeah, just, just, I'm just curious, you know, just, yeah, you don't have to say it like that. Well, no, just ask them. It'll get them thinking. I've never heard anybody take the name of Muhammad in vain. I've never heard anybody take the name of Buddha in vain. You know why that is? Because they're not God. Jesus is. And that's why. Anyway, I digress and I, I feel the psalmist's pain in Psalm 120. It, it really gets old, doesn't it? 
And there's nothing like coming to the house of worship, the church where we're amongst the brethren. And it's just refreshing. It's kind of like you give your ears a break from the way the world talks. I think it was last week or maybe the week before we talked about the language of heaven. You know, that we speak the word, we speak the language of heaven. You know, we, we speak in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. The Apostle Paul said, let your words be seasoned with grace. When you talk, you speak the truth, but you do so in love because you love, but you also speak in a loving way. One of the things I'm learning, I wish I could stand before you and say I've, I've learned it. I've got a, got a long ways to go. But especially as a pastor teacher, it's not so much what you say, it's how you say what you say. I think about this in my parenting. Uh, it can change the whole complexion of the conversation and the dialogue with your children when you say, you can say the same thing in a different way, and oh my goodness, it's, it's a war. You just put a log on the fire and you just poured gasoline on that fire. And you can say the same thing, but in a loving way with a different tone, different body language. And it can just diffuse. I think of the Proverbs, it says a soft answer turns away wrath. So it's not just so much what we say, it's how we say what we say. Psalm 121. Again, a song of ascents. Verse 1, I will lift my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. That's where I want my help to come from. <laughs> uh, the one who made the heaven and earth. So whatever I am in need of help concerning, the one who made the heaven and the earth is the one that can help me. Verse 3, He will not allow your foot to be moved. And I like this in verse 4 with it. He who keeps you will not slumber. That's really comforting to know. <laughs> Behold, verse 4, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Think about that. I know it's a poetic song here in this psalm, but it's a truth nonetheless. The Lord never sleeps. Could you imagine what would happen if you're praying, you're crying out, and Lord, oh Lord, hearken unto the voice of my cry, only to hear the Lord say, what happened? I just woke up. What happened? I know that's silly, but I think you get the point, right? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always got His eye on us to keep us. And it gets better, verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord, verse 7, shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What a psalm. <laughs> a favorite for many 
a saint, I would venture to say, because in it we have such great words of encouragement and hope, especially for those who are going through a difficult time, a struggle. Maybe one of those dark passages of the night, or as one called it, the anguish of the soul. The Lord is saying to us through this psalm, it's a much needed reminder and reassurance, I've got you. I will protect you. I will keep you. I will preserve you. Uh, I will keep my eyes open too. I will not fall asleep either. (laughs) I will protect you. I will help you. I will always be your help. Now picture this, and we're going to see this progression through these five Psalms. So the Psalmist starts up, uh, starts out by uh, talking about the coming to where the Lord is as a reprieve, a relief, a respite from being out in the world in Kedar, these places that he was dwelling in. And then now as this song of ascent, as he's going to make his approach to Jerusalem, he's looking up to those hills where Jerusalem is nestled in. And he looks to those hills and he says, from where does my help come from? I look to those hills. The help doesn't come from the hills. I was thinking about this. In fact, just this last week, I've, I've pondered this in my mind before to just try to, you know, get a, a mind's eye on this and my hands around this. You know, I, I look at those koalows, as majestic as they are. And I say to myself, when I look at that, is that where my help comes from? No. My help comes from the Lord. And the Lord only, especially during those times of need. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews 4.16. The writer of Hebrews says, I know you know this verse, but listen to this. Let us therefore come boldly, confidently, not arrogantly, but confidently in Christ because of Christ, because of what Jesus did. Now we have unfettered access to the throne of grace and we can come at any time with anything. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? So that we can obtain mercy. I'll take mercy. We're going to talk about mercy in a moment. And find grace to help in time of need. Think through this with me. We come as God's people, a child of God, and we ask God for help. He's not going to help us? We we come to Him. Here He has sent His only begotten Son, to die for us. He's not going to help us in our time of need. When we look to Him for help, we cry out to Him for help. He's not going to help us. How is that even possible? How is that even reasonable? 
Let me take it a step further and suggest this, and I do so because in my own experience, there have been times where I've cried out to God, and just, I mean, the simplest and the shortest of prayers, Lord, please help me. He hears those prayers, and He answers those prayers. And I come to Him, His throne of grace. This is what I love about grace and mercy. So grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Would you agree that we need them both? (laughs) I, I need God's grace. I need God's mercy. And again, we're going to talk about mercy more here in a moment. Psalm 122. Again, this is a song of ascents, but it's also a psalm of David. Verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, I love this psalm. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I can't wait to go to church. I cannot wait. When they said, hey, it's time, let's go. Oh, and by the way, this word glad, I'm sorry, you'll forgive me. Um, It's really actually uh, a poor translation from the original language of the Hebrew. This word translated glad in English is better translated this way, more than one word. Ecstatic, excited, elated. When they said, hey, it's time to go to church, I was so excited. I can't wait. Verse 2, our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up. There it is again, verse 4. The tribes of the Lord to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Now verse 6, uh, we, you've heard this so many times, we talk about it, we sing it, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I want to talk about that in just a moment. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace be within you. Because, verse 9, of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Do you get the impression that the Psalmist, in this case, David, is really excited about Jerusalem and the house of worship, the house of the Lord. This too is a, another favorite for many a saint. It's a magnificent expression of pure joy as it relates to the house of worship. I Try, if you can, to just bring it closer to home and see the house of the Lord as the church, where we assemble together as God's people, the assembling together. And by the way, 
that word is a game changer. Let me explain it. Actually, let me illustrate it. We don't just gather together. To gather together is to be a gathering. No, the word assemble is a stronger word. So here's the illustration, best illustration I ever heard. So this is my watch. Uh, by the way, it's a, a Timex. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. <laughs> yeah, so all the people that laughed, pretty much over 50 years old, I'm pretty sure. So you younger people, don't worry about it. We'll get back to you later on that. So anyway, it's a Timex. I got it for $39.95 off of Amazon. Okay, that's my watch, just so you know. See? Pretty nice, huh? If you're interested, I'll talk to you after the service. And <laughs> make you, I make you a very good deal. Okay, sorry. So here's, here's my watch, okay? Let's say that I had all of the parts, all of the intricate internal parts, like the springs and all the mechanisms and the gears and all of that. And I had all of these parts, and I just gathered them together, and I put them there. Well, that's a gathering. It needs to be assembled, doesn't it, in order to function. Well, that's what the word assembling together means. We are different parts of the same body, the same watch, if you prefer. So when we're assembled together, and each of us as different parts of the body assembled together, well, then that's functioning together as a church body. And that's why it is so important. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the custom of some. So I get the impression that David here is just so ecstatic and elated and excited about assembling together with God's people there in the temple in Jerusalem. And his description of even his prayer for peace what he's saying there, I believe, and I've always wondered about this verse 6 of Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's almost like um, a cruel oxymoron. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You know what the word Jerusalem means? In Hebrew, Yaru Shalom, city of peace. In Arabic, it's Jaru Salem, Salem Aleikum, in Arabic is peace be upon you. <laughs> so in other words, the name Jerusalem literally means, you were to translate it, it means city of peace. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The, Jerusalem, the city of peace, it's anything but. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. 
If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.